Everyone, thank you for joining us today on another Table Talk episode. We have Jake Collins with us. He is our new middle school pastor. Welcome. What's welcome. up, Pathways? Good to be here. So excited <laughs> for this. So, Jake, tell us a little bit about you. We are so, so happy that you are here. Yeah. Uh, so, my name is Jake Collins. I am 32, almost 33. I like to say I'm in my Jesus years, you know, 30 <laughs> to 33. I like that. Uh, I like but, that. Uh, uh, yeah. No, but I am uh, just moved to the area three weeks ago, three weeks or so yeah. ago from Raleigh, North Carolina. I lived there for 10 years. I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. I have served in the church since I was 20. I joined my first church staff when I was still in college. Dang. I was the college ministry worship leader. And, uh, okay. you know, and it was, it was a staff <laughs> role and it was a great way to get started. I have served in churches ranging from small church plants all the way to um, mega church. Um, so in you different have volunteer. quite a bit of experience. Yeah, I've been in ministry for about 10 years again. Uh, well, longer than that if you count volunteer roles. Um, but it's a job. Um, yeah, and I've uh, so I was at my previous church for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, served five years as the kids pastor, one year as connections pastor, which was a new role for us. And then last year I was there serving with middle school and in other areas. But I was a fifth grade teacher at a Christian school there in the Raleigh That's area. Right, I love that. And now yeah. you're here. Now I'm here, and uh, specifically here to serve with middle schoolers. And uh, yeah. I think it's uh, it's going to be coming more and more of a thing that churches are seeing that mm. high schoolers and middle schoolers, if you think about a 12-year-old and a 17-year-old, mm. super different stages totally. of, of life, yeah. of spiritual growth, of uh, relationship growth, things like that. Yeah. And and it's, it's so hard to serve both of those age groups well mm-hmm. when they're together. And more and more you need kind of those different ministries. And I'm excited that we're at a season where our church has made the call that that's, that's where we're headed. Yeah, absolutely. So why middle schoolers? Like that is the prime age of the word awkward. Oh, yeah. You know, but I, I feel I like remember my middle school days and I had like a terrible haircut mm-hmm. and I was like, who am I as a person? And why why are you drawn to middle schoolers? Sure. Well, I mean, you kind of referenced it just now. I think for me, it starts with my own experience. Mm. Uh, I had a lot of formative experience. I mean, not only personally, but family and also just societally. Yeah. I mean, I was in middle school during the heart of the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq. Mm. My dad was military. He was overseas a lot. Okay. Um, my dad works with electronics with the military, where he's never really in direct like harm's way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's scary when you're 12, 13, and your dad goes totally. off to serve, things like that. Yeah. Um, also, just, you know, the narratives around, uh, you know, TV and uh, other media at the time was mm-hmm. that was a big focus of conversation. It's interesting to look back on on TV shows from that time. I've gotten nostalgic in recent years, especially during COVID, and you see just how yeah. big of a talking point that was all over the place. Um, personally, uh, my, my family had a lot of health needs at the time, both with mm-hmm. my mom and with my grandmother that were uh, – big in my life. I was fortunate in middle school and that my grandma's house was on, I walked to school and my grandma's nice. house was on my way home. So I would stop at grandma's house grandma's most, house you go. most day, <laughs> most days I would stop and just vent about school. And she Aww. always had Coca-Cola and hot peanuts were hot? like my after school snacks. Whoa, whoa, pause. Did you say hot peanuts? Hot peanuts. What is Well, it's what like is hot this? Cheetos, but peanuts. Okay. Okay. Um, Maybe I'm in the minority. And, 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 I, I don't have know. not tried. I haven't seen them a lot since then. It's but you okay. it's in a bag like you buy a bag of peanuts and these ones are spiced. They've got like a spice okay. blend on them, like 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 hot like hot Cheetos yeah. or or hot fries. Okay, that's yeah. cool. So grandma was a safe space for you in middle school. Absolutely. Um, I was the also spiritually. I was the 12 year old that had all the questions. 
I had okay. been in church my whole life and had been studying scripture a little bit on my own. Okay. I'd been starting to hear things about, you know, pushback from secular culture on mm-hmm. religion, things like that. So I would come in and I was the 12, 13 year old trying to stump my leaders. <laughs> I, I was There's coming in. One. I was coming in. <laughs> and to this day, I love meeting that kid now because mm-hmm. I'm like, we, we can sit and talk. You can totally relate. And honestly, my experience was my leaders didn't really take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether they didn't feel like they, they were equipped to talk into that Ooh. or if they were thinking I would grow out of that or didn't. I don't Ooh. know. Um, but why do you think that skill is so important as a middle schooler? Because I think not the majority of middle schoolers are asking those questions. Mm-hmm. So why do you feel like that's so that was so important to you to ask those questions? Well... You have to, uh, I think what you're referring to is is there's a difference between speaking into something from outside, mm-hmm. which is the way a lot of adult leaders approach it, and okay. really getting to what are they actually experiencing. And that's kind of the the head knowledge, heart knowledge mm-hmm. factor. Um, you got to actually, actually like, like, I don't remember those leaders actually truly getting to know, for, like I just mentioned, like, mm-hmm. like Jake is frustrated because yeah. he's got a lot of things going on in his family, yep. that medical needs that are just, you know, as day in and day out. As a 12-year-old. I mean, I was, um, I had to learn a lot of things very early on. My mom was, yeah. was sick a lot and my dad was was uh, traveling a lot with right. military and stuff like that to you where I learned things up. early on. I mean, I learned yeah. how to, you know, I say cook. I mean, I learned how to put things in the oven very early on. I learned how hey, to do my own laundry, things than like that. Year olds. Which, you know, I'm grateful for now that I have all these skills that I learned <laughs> now back that you're then. An adult. Uh yeah. <laughs> but um but I was I was experiencing things in that time that maybe others around me weren't. There were a lot right. of frustrations with that. Same at school. I mean, I have clear memories of mm-hmm. especially seventh grade sitting literally by myself in the cafeteria, mm. just feeling like I couldn't find those social connections. And I think yeah. if those leaders had come at it from that standpoint, sure. and this is where his frustrating questions are coming from, rather than just let me provide an answer. Sure. Or, or It's not so much that you needed an answer. You just wanted that connection of like, I want to have these conversations and I want to... I want you to be open to having these conversations and right. finding the answers with me. Right. More of like the connection standpoint. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's where most middle schoolers are coming from right now? Absolutely. They just they just want to know that someone's there for it. And there's such yeah. a value in having somebody speak into your life that's not your parent. Yes. Now, now that that that's a when, when things are done well, the you know ministry leader, small group leader, whoever that person is, which I hope in a lot of cases is a small group leader Mm -hmm. even before it's me, although I'm willing to come alongside families any way I can, partners with the parents. And it's a great... It's great synergy when when parent and church leader are on the same page. Yeah. Like we're seeing the same things. Let's speak, let's let's work together to speak into the life Mm -hmm. of uh, of this young person. Um but uh yeah and, and they don't often find that they're looking for someone who who is Sometimes you just want that other voice, someone to, that's just willing to listen. You know, yeah. that's another thing is, is sometimes you just got to be willing to sit and listen. Yes. Sit and let them vent. Yeah. And um, I will often say that to not only to students, but to others in my life. Like, hey, I'm someone, if you just need to talk, <laughs> I'll just sit back and listen. I'll what offer anything quality. you got. Yeah. I'm willing to let you vent for a little bit. And yeah. I've been there. I've been there. I certainly yes. was. Um, I had, Haven't we all? We mm-hmm. just need to vent sometimes. I had one uh, youth leader as a, I think I was 13. Okay. And his name, we called him Dan the Man. Uh, he is now a senior pastor near the coast of North Carolina. Last I, okay. last I heard, he was out by the beach. 
I actually went and found him a few years ago while I was in ministry because hmm. I was thinking about people who poured into my life. I said, mm-hmm. I wonder, I actually called the church that I was at at that point, said, who was this guy who was on staff back then? Found out what church he was at and just went and talked with them and just said, hey, really meant a lot that. because he was the one who actually sat with me yeah. and tried to honestly get to know me, get to know my story and speak into that. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And I hope to be that to some of these students. Absolutely. And I hope that our leaders are also. Yeah. What a great action step, though. Mm-hmm. So, hey, if you're listening or watching with us and you have someone who impacted your life, give them a text if you can. If you have their email, if you have their phone number, if you write them a letter, like anything to connect with them. Because, I mean, just saying, I bet you made his day just being able to talk to him yeah. and to, like, say, this is what you did for me in my life. Like, that's huge. Right. I hope so. I didn't ask yeah. that. I, 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 maybe I'll follow up again. Maybe here. Maybe here soon. Maybe I'll follow up with him again. Be like, did my random, my randomness? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. So we like the awkward, and we like the ones who ask questions. Anything mm-hmm. else that like totally pull you to middle school? Yeah, uh, I specifically have a heart for the social outcast. I think that goes mm-hmm. along with awkward. Um, yeah. I'm big on. There are. We for years, designed these like call them clicks you call them mm-hmm. labels there's classic labels that, that yeah. start to form in middle school and there are still um there's still elements of that today mm-hmm. certainly you have kids who are into sports you have kids who are into theater and yep. music and things like that there's but it's getting to be more and more of a gray area there's less okay. of these i think especially in middle school there's there's some of still trying to figure that out and mm-hmm. there's also some of like hey you know these days i'm fine playing football and also, you know, doing theater. That's fine. Which That's, is like so cool yeah, that you have both of those skills. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but there are some who can't really find their spot. And again, that was me in seventh grade. And I, I just believe that even if a student has a hard time finding that in their school, mm-hmm. in their neighborhood, depending on, I've had students tell me that I look, I, I just don't live around other students my age. You know, like, like yeah, I'm literally the only fair. one in my neighborhood, but based on where I live, either I live way out in the country or I just live in a neighborhood that's full of like, you know, uh, families at different stages of life. And it's just, I don't have anybody to go with, like spend time with. And yeah. I'm like, well, church should be that spot. It should be. That you have, that even if there's no one in your group that shares your same interests specifically, I'll think, I think you'll be surprised uh, the more yeah. you get to know others, uh, that you're all, if anything, you're all on a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. And you're maybe at different stages of that journey. And I think there's true value when you develop a culture where not only are leaders speaking into the lives of students, but mm-hmm. students are speaking into each other's lives. Yes, very important. Because mm-hmm. then they're doing life together. Sure. Even if, you know, I, I have experiences, I, I was later on in high school, but I was felt like I was, oh, I was actually at a multi-site church mm. and I was the only one out of my small group that went to the other campus. Most of my group was really? based out of the the new the newer campus. Okay. And it was so valuable me, to me though, to go once a week and there were seven other guys in my group and yeah. none of them went to school with me. Mm-hmm. None of them lived closer than 15 minutes to me, mm. but they were like this like safe space again in the midst yeah. of my frustration with a lot of things. And I think the safe space is like the huge, like the biggest part. Like you, it's huge to have that safe space. Absolutely. And to do that. So we're just going to segue just a little bit. So here at Pathways, I just have to get all the information that I need. We have um, what we call our top markers. Right. So we have one for middle school and we have two for high school. So I just kind of want to talk about what those look like and how we're implementing those and why we have them. So to start off, why do you think it's important for churches to make goals for each ministry that they have at their church? Sure. Well, we're all about 
reaching, teaching, mm-hmm. reaching. I mean, we say at my previous church that we reach to teach and we teach to reach, and I that like cycle that. that cycle never ends. Yeah. Uh, so we are raising up student disciples who we hope will eventually be student disciple makers. Yeah. Uh, at whatever level they're on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so when you have a a new family join your church who's got a young child, like mm-hmm. in the nursery, or if you have a new baby born into the church, you know, the dream is like, you know, where do we want, how, how can we shape, how can we help this family to shape this young person's journey? Yeah. Starting at the youngest age when they start to hear about Jesus mm-hmm. and what he's done in their lives and hear some songs about him and learn how to pray and things yep. like that, all the way up to that that um, that college level that we've heard so many stories about mm-hmm. in Next Gen for years about how in the world do we send our 18, 19-year-olds off into this new space and right. hope that they can continue to live own. out their faith, not yep. only maintain it, but share it with others yep. and things like that. And, and there are so many... There's so many of those transitions along the way mm-hmm. that affect that. I think that the that jump from high school to college that we've heard so much about is seconded only by the jump from elementary to middle school. Yeah. There's so many new challenges and dynamics that come along with that jump, yeah. both in school and families. It's often when young people start to really find their passion, mm-hmm. that thing that sets them apart, that thing that they could talk about for an hour without stopping, that thing that for some of them may be something they would love to pursue as a career one day or at yeah. least a serious hobby. Very exciting. You know, absolutely. So with that, the question is, how do we set up preschoolers to be effective elementary schoolers? Yep. And how do we set up elementary schoolers to maximize their middle school experience? Yep. And, and how do we set up middle schoolers to maximize high school and then on into college? Yep. How do we set them up as well as possible for the next phase? It's now, like a under- snowball. Absolutely. Now, understanding mm-hmm. that you may have some middle schoolers who are ahead of the curve a little bit. Yes. They need extra At challenge. Any age group. Oh, even. absolutely. You get, you know, these, you, you, you meet students who surprise you with like, wow, yeah. this one needs a little bit more challenge. Yeah. We need a... I'm already seeing that a little bit uh, in my time here, which is fantastic Good. to see. I'm like, That's wow, we got awesome, it. We got to, you know, get some challenge going. So the markers help us to, at a high level vision level, mm-hmm. say, we have three years with these middle schoolers. Yeah. How do we set them up as well as possible for the next step in their journey? Mm. And that impacts everything that we do. Absolutely. So our mm-hmm. marker for this, how we let parents know what we would like to accomplish is application of biblical worldview and biblical knowledge to personal life, the head to heart knowledge. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, head knowledge is, you know, there's, there's a classic thing in church that the answer is always Jesus, <laughs> but it's, it's true. There's the classic yeah. thing that if, if you're in a, if you're in a kid setting or a student setting and the leader asks a question, when in doubt, the answer is Jesus. Jesus. I love but that. Um, you do you know, I grew up in churches that were very heavy on, you know, head knowledge that you, you want, we want to teach all of these things and that's fantastic. And I, there's value to that. You know, there's great ministries out there that are big on memorizing scripture. That's fantastic mm-hmm. to have those scriptures to go to. Think about Jesus in the wilderness. Here's mm-hmm. the story. When it comes to memorizing scripture, this is a great example. Jesus had scripture in his head. We know this because he's able to counter Satan with scripture. Yep. But not only did he have scripture in his head, he knew specifically that this is the scripture that I use in this situation. So he took his knowledge and then knew how to apply it. He knew that this scripture is relevant to yep. this. Yep. And that's the classic thing that I think 
a lot of middle schoolers start to wrestle with is, mm. is the Bible relevant? It's a good question. Is the Bible, is this book that was written <laughs> 2,000 plus years ago yeah. still relevant? I mean, of course, there are topics that are not directly addressed in the mm-hmm. Bible, but we believe that it is, you know, living, breathing, and active, sharp yeah. on a double-edged sword, able to discern, um, challenge, uh, correct, you totally. know, things like that. And so we want to really help students to start living out their own faith. Mm-hmm. You know, in middle school, more and more of your life is away from your parents. Now, your parents are still there, very much involved. There's a classic mm-hmm. thing where parents feel like, man, I only feel like we have family time for like a few minutes a day, it feels like, because <laughs> they're so active with different things. Well, that, that yeah. might be true, but how do you trust that your, your middle schooler is is carrying on that faith? Right. Um in and around their different activities and their school and things yeah. like that and, and navigating those challenges confidently, mm-hmm. uh, graciously. You know, you don't want, we want to find that balance where you want to be, I had a leader once speaking in my life that said, you want to be full of 100% grace and 100% truth. Ooh. Because I, I think, going back to me being the challenging yeah. middle schooler, I was heavy on the truth part. Okay. I was heavy I on the that. truth part. I was like, I, I, I have, I have dug into these details. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And, and maybe the missing ingredient was Jake. Let's get to the core of, of yeah. how this is speaking into your experience, into your life, and how you can use it to speak into others. Mm-hmm. Can we harness that, that gift that you have for, for um, logic and understanding and under, you know, articulating truth? Mm-hmm. And how can we challenge you? to make a difference. For sure. And then that leads, because that, that transitions us into our high school marker, which is to go and make a difference. Yeah. The high school is, uh, mm-hmm. uh, this is a little spoiler, maybe where we're headed uh, in this uh, school year, but I've <laughs> been phrasing it as uh, middle school is take it to the heart yep. and high school is take it to the streets. And, Perfect and, applications yeah. right so, there. Super so, simple. And and in order to, in order to go and be confident in living that out wherever you might go, like in high school. Yeah. got to trust that, you know, you're really taking applying it to your own. Um, I had a, heard a pastor say years ago, he's like, you, you can't change the world mm. for Christ until you truly understand how he has changed you. Yeah. So you may have had a salvation baptism experience mm-hmm. when you were in elementary school, mm-hmm. but that might even, you, your perspective on that continues to change as you get like, whoa, Absolutely. God, this is what you've done in my life. Because you're this still is developing. Oh, He's yeah, you're still, still moving. He's yeah. still working. It's a journey. It's all it's part of your testimony. Your it's life is your testimony. Absolutely. Yeah. I like how you, you reference the fact that like, People are going to challenge you on that and say the Bible is not relevant anymore. Right. Like, it's an old book. Why do you still read this? Why do you follow it? Like, mm-hmm. people are dead. Like, why do you even do what you're doing? So I feel like this is a great way for us to partner with parents and encourage them and let them know, hey, you may feel like your schedules are really busy, but when they come, when your middle schools are here on Wednesday night and your high schoolers are here on Sunday night, this is what we're focusing on. Like, we want to do this to better them and to better your relationship, right? Mm -hmm. But also to encourage the parents that, hey, when you have that 20-minute drive after you pick them up and you're headed home, ask them what they learned. Ask them what stood out to them. Ask them if they have questions, what they're challenging. 20 minutes can make a world of difference. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, and uh, one thing that I love that we're doing as we plan ahead, I think we've been doing this for a while, is there are times where we're looking at, you know, what is our church 
teaching on as a whole, like yeah. where are we at on Sunday morning? Yep. Um, and can our student gatherings be an extension of that? Yes. So that whatever mom and dad are currently being challenged with, that we're also challenging mm-hmm. the students in a similar topic. Um, it may not be that we're literally teaching on the same passage. Like one thing that's cool right now is, so we just had a lesson on Sunday, a me- message on Romans. Yep. Romans 8. First one in our uh, When in Rome series. Mm-hmm. We're actually using that same passage here in two weeks with students. Okay. So any students who are here on Sunday morning will hear it from a different perspective. Or uh, students will get in the car afterwards, say, we learned about Romans 8 tonight. And parents are like, well, thankfully we just did that. We you just know? totally did that. So yeah. What a cool connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The easiest things. It doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to feel difficult. It just, it can be easy. It can just be a general conversation right. that we have. But why do you feel like it's so important to focus on next gen? Well, I think and next, next gen is in like the next generation. Sure. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been watching a lot of skateboarding videos recently. Okay. And there is a new wave. Um, so uh, many people have heard of Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is like the most famous mm-hmm. skateboarder of all time. Yeah. Tony Hawk came out of retirement a couple years ago at the X Games and competed at 53. I remember, yes. He came out of retirement, competed in Best Trick, and he was talking about how if you really love something, Mm -hmm. you want to see it continue moving forward. Totally. Now, interestingly, Tony Hawk lost that competition to a kid named Guy Curry, who at the time was 13 years old. Okay. Um, Tony Hawk landed the first ever 900 back in 1999. Guy Curry landed the first ever 1080, another rotation above a 900, during COVID as a 12-year-old. Oh, man. Now... That must have been wild for him. Some people, if we're honest about maybe whatever field that we find ourselves in, whether it's sports, whether it's music, mm-hmm. whether it's you know business, whatever, yeah. we can get intimidated by the next generation. Yes. We get a little bit territorial, if you will. A little bit. Like, um, you know, well, they hired this. They hired these new people and like these, these new <laughs> these new Gen Zers, and uh, they're just doing things differently. They're just wild. But if you <laughs> genuinely love. Yeah. what you're part of and you're excited about, you're passionate about, you want to see it continue. Yeah. Um, so we have to constantly be thinking Agreed. about next gen when it comes to ministry. Yeah. Because the Great Commission hasn't changed. Nope. The Great Confession hasn't changed. The Great Commandment hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The passion the foundation is still hasn't there. changed. The circumstances have changed. A little Society bit. has changed. Yes. People have changed. <laughs> and if we're serious about making disciples, yeah. then... We need to continue to make disciples. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, put a lot of time into studying next-gen dynamics and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, last night I sat with our eighth-grade boys. They're going to be way more effective at reaching other 13, mm-hmm. 14-year-old boys than I could ever be. Right. Because so they're reaching them. into their they're reaching into their 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 own culture. Yeah. Um, Which they understand. They're totally immersed in right. everything. So... I love that our idea of, you know, making disciples that uh, raising up active followers mm-hmm. of Jesus, you know, you could put any group into that active student followers of yeah. Jesus, you know, active college followers of Jesus, things like that. You know, yeah. it's, that's, it carries over in every generation Absolutely. and church should be a place where we come and we are challenged and we are equipped to go and make a difference. And, um, so short gener- a short answer of why does next gen matters? I believe it matters to God. I believe it matters to the future of the church, mm-hmm. but not just the future, the now. Yes. Um, that I love that we are um, all over the place in our church in terms of age. Yeah, I come in on Sunday. Really I see I see you know everybody from from kids and teenagers all the way up to you know seventies eighties. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And there's um, 
there's value in that. Totally. Uh, I would also say one cool thing I shared with our middle schoolers last night is Jesus spoke his first words as a 12 year old. Now he didn't, that was not literally the first time he spoke, but that's the first (laughs) time we have record of him speaking. Those are the first red letters. If you grew up with a red letter Bible. And what they say, he said, I've got to be about my, I got to be about my father's business. Yeah. That's the first time he speaks his own mission. Yeah. I'm here to do my father's, my father's challenge, my father's will, my father's task now. And that fits because in that culture, that'd be about the time that you were going to start apprenticing with Mm -hmm. your dad. So people are like, well, yeah, carpenter's son, Jesus can be a carpenter. It's like, well, yeah, I will be for a little bit, but I got a bigger mission going yep. on. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you can even see it in our staff. Like, we have several Gen Z individuals on our staff, and they are nothing but fun. Like, Absolutely. it's just so like our staff itself is just such a range of ages and different experiences, and I just I love that. I love that we can have that. Yes, absolutely. I uh, I'm finding that I'm in I'm in a cool spot. I'm youngish. <laughs> But we have a lot of uh, team members younger than me. Yeah, He's only Um, in his 30s. He's still young. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, I still count as a young adult in a lot of young adult ministries. But I am. (laughs) I I do feel like I'm shifting in perspective day by day, especially post-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I turned 30 during COVID, and that was a big life event that happened. I, like, literally, like, just woke up one day. I was like, not doing anything today, but I guess it's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) You're turning a year older, and that's very exciting. Decade old. Well, not decade older, (laughs) but new decade. Yeah. Any final last thoughts you have for us? Just, um, I can't express enough how excited I am for to be mm-hmm. here, to be, I, I, it says a lot that we as a church are at this point of, yeah. of figuring out what this new uh, ministry is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see us develop a unique middle school ministry identity within our overall mission. We want to develop our own kind of unique culture that is, but it's very much tied to pathways. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want a middle schooler to come with their family on a Sunday and then come on a Wednesday night. I feel like they're in two different churches. Right. We, we, we actually, we want middle school to be an extension of our church's overall mission and vision and values. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we want to continue to explore, you know, um, we are, I have found that We've maybe gotten into, I mean, when I say us, I mean the church, the national, international church is we get comfortable with a lot of, you know, structure, things like that of like, okay, this is how we've done it. But you got to constantly be looking at things Mm -hmm. and saying, how in the world can we speak into this generation? And grow with the generation. grow with the generation. Um, uh, One dynamic that's happening right now is I like to say that the phone is the new car. Okay, explain. the, The phone is the new car. For years, the defining moment of freedom mm-hmm. for a young person, the moment oh, they looked forward the to was getting your license so you could get a that car. That makes sense because you could and, be out and about. Right. Okay. That was the thing you could you would look forward to getting. Mm-hmm. And some kids knew they were going to get a car. Some would be shocked when they got a car. Some got <laughs> lucky and that the family had an extra car, yep, yep. things like that. Um, today, I think the phone is almost a bigger threshold than that. It's yeah. a bigger life event than that. And it Especially can come, with where our social media is at right now. Right. I've had I've heard of families who they say things like, um, they'll say to their child, you will get a phone when you need a phone. Yeah. When we can justify you having a phone. Other times it's mm-hmm. as simple as mom or dad got an upgrade. Here you go. They get the old <laughs> phone. And sometimes they'll get a phone that, that has, you know, uh, data but can't text. And sometimes mm-hmm. I have a phone that's got like limited contacts, but can't you can't can't get on the internet or like there's there's so many different variations yeah. of that. You got all the watches yes. now and everything like that. People are trying to figure out okay, how in the world can we give them part of a phone without <laughs> giving them the full thing? 
Um, too much. And and so that's that's a huge that's a huge uh, change that's that we're navigating mm-hmm. day in and day out. Like okay, yeah. now it used to be that things that we are trying to like get kids to step away from in order to come to church mm-hmm. were things elsewhere. You know, take a break from this to come here. Yeah. Now, a lot of times they bring it with them. <laughs> Fits in their pockets. They'll come here through their, their pockets. They'll come here like, okay, they're here. Yep. But they still Where got they that thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing, though. I, I would uh, encourage encourage parents and encourage leaders. Mm. Just because a kid's got their phone out doesn't mean they're not paying attention. Right. They can multitask. They can multitask. I also think um, I, I'm, I'm finding it, it, and I do this myself. Sometimes okay. it's an awkwardness mechanism. Yes. I'm in a group talking with people that I don't see all the time, and it's more comfortable mm. to me to sit here if I've got something to look at, even, even if, if it's like nothing. Even if you're still engaging. Right. Yeah. Uh, so don't let that discourage you. That's one thing I've seen I've seen uh, uh, adult leaders like struggle with. It's yeah. like, oh, goodness, these kids are just on their phones, on their phones, on their phones. And uh, but, We don't know what they're internalizing, taking right, in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, they could be taking notes. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> they totally could. They could. I love that. Well, Jake, thank you so much for coming on Table Talk today and just bringing your passion and willingness to serve our leaders, our parents, the students in general. We really love that you're here. Well, so, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait. If I've not met you yet, I would love to talk with you soon. Um, if you are a parent, specifically a parent of middle schoolers in our mm-hmm. church, we want to partner with you. Love yeah. to start a conversation with you about how we can best serve your family. Uh, and uh, we will talk soon. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time for the next Table Talk.